Welcome to the Maritime Podcast, and you're listening to Marcus Hand, editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. In this latest In Conversation episode, myself and Emma Howell, director of media for Sea Trade Maritime, had the great pleasure to sit down with Greek shipowner Harry Vafius during Posidonia 2022. Harry controls four companies US listed gas shipping company Stealth Gas, tankers under Stealth Maritime, Dry bulk under Brave Maritime, US-listed tanker company Imperial Petroleum. In this episode, you will hear his views on the challenges of decarbonisation and discussion about what has made Greeks so successful in the world of shipowning. Welcome to the Maritime Podcast, Harry. Since you came into this industry, how do you feel it's changed? Or is it, it remained the same? I came in about 2000. I don't think it has really changed except maybe two things. Digitization slash communications, obviously, which have become obviously far more easy these days. Mm. And secondly, maybe the environmental focus. These two things, I think, have been the biggest changes over the last 20 years that I saw. Obviously, quite a lot of what you're involved in would appear to be energy shipping related. Looking forward, how does the environmental sort of drive to environmentalism impact the outlook of an energy shipping company and what you do in the future? We are at the point where we need to find alternative fuels for the new engines of our ships. The problem is that, as you've seen, there's not yet been a fuel of choice with zero carbon emissions. Hear a lot of chat around ammonia and methanol and hydrogen and nuclear power. But again, if you have all the money in the world to spend and you want to go to a shipyard to order such a ship, that's not feasible. And in these uh, hugely radical changes, you don't want to be a pioneer because you want to see the technology to work first before making that leap of faith. The majority of our fleet are LPG vessels, which by definition are greener, because LPG and LNG are indeed greener than oil and coal. So we are already, let's say, flying the green banner. As I said, workforce on the shipyards and the engine manufacturers to come out and say, yes, we've managed to, to, to build an efficient, completely green engine that burns uh, X, X or Y, whatever that is. In the meantime, the Greek owners have been shouting for four years, the only way to cut emissions now is by slowing down. The IMO was laughing at us. They said, no, obviously we're not going to slow down because it will uh, create problems on the supply chain. And now, through the new regulations of the EXI and CII, essentially they're telling us to slow down. So, this is the politicians. They realize that today, with the technology that exists, the only way to cut emissions from day one without more investment is slowing down. And obviously they don't want to call it slowing down. You've also got the EU introducing the emission training scheme for shipping. How do you see the impact of that? Or is it going to do anything positive? Or There are two big questions there. The money they're going to raise from that. Where will the money go? Because if the money goes into the pocket of governments, then we're not doing anything positive. 
if it goes to an R&D fund for new technologies, new green technologies, then yes, we are up for it. And secondly, is who will pay for these emissions? The owner of the ship or the charterer? So the actual owner, the person that directs the ship to go here and there. Again, we've been saying that obviously the charter has to pay because this is the, the one who controls the ship and this is the one who says go there, go at that speed, slow down or speed up. But again, again I think that's a, a point we're going to fight on. That's still not been decided. No, but I guess because the charters are better organized than always are, I guess the chances are against us. But let's see. Why would you say the charters are better organized than the owners? Is that just the fragmented nature of the owners? Yes, because first of all, see how many charters are there and see how many owners. <laughs> Secondly, the Greek owners are famous for not being at all unified. Yeah. Everybody has their own opinion. And we don't have one very strong forum where we can pass our ideas. We have many competing forums. BIMCO, ICS, Intercarco, Intertanko, Union of Greek Ship Owners, and whatever else. Because we're fragmented and because we don't have one voice, this works against us, despite the fact that Greece has 5,500 ships. By far the strongest shipping country in Europe, and I think second country in the world. Something like 10% of the global international fleet, isn't it? Yeah, maybe more actually. Yeah. Yes. And 60% I think of the EU fleet, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. That's, that's crazy, if you yeah. think about it. Because this is not a huge country in our life. We are uh, 10 million people and we have six, 600 shipping companies. To find out more about what happened at Posidonia 2022, visit our dedicated page on www.ctrade-maritime.com. What makes Greece such a ship-owning nation? The crazy thing is not that. The crazy thing is that out of these 600 companies, maybe three quarters of that are all from the same island. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. Because, okay, Greece is a, a country of 10 million people. Greece has 800 uh, inhabited islands, and three quarters of the ship's people all come from one island. That's crazy. Yeah, Chios. Yeah. You've heard about Chios, right? Yeah. Three quarters of the ship owners hail from that island. So that's crazy. That's something to write about. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not that, yes, they're all from Greece, but from different yeah. parts. Three quarters are from the same little island next to Turkey called Chios. Is that where you're from? Yes. If you take the list of the 20 biggest ship owners, in Greece, I mean, the 10 biggest companies, three quarters of them. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like there's something in the water or something. So what is it that makes Listen, I don't have a definitive answer, but I think that because that island was close to Turkey and the Turks were made their lives very difficult, people didn't have a choice than to go on and become seamen and leave the island. And because they became seamen, they learned the business, they learned the sea, they learned the books. And then because they were captains that didn't have enough money to buy a ship, they made the groups of people that put money all together to buy the first ship. This is how many, many famous Greek ship owners started. Not us, but a lot of others.
But I think what I, one of the things I see is interesting is how that's then translated into the global shipping industry and the success. Imagine a little country, essentially a poor country, with no state contribution, with no state aid, with no shipbuilding capacity, has created by far the biggest fleet in Europe, by far, and the second biggest in the world. And we have to compete with China, which is a giant with billions of people and billions of support through their own banks and through their own cargoes. We have nothing. No cargoes, our banks are small, and we are competing on an equal basis with those giants. I think you see that with this week, with all the people who come here because uh, you know, of the Greek yes, imagine that Greece for this week, for shipping at Greece, becomes the center of the world. And you see people coming from all around the world, all around, not just Europe. Just to see us, just to see how we can do business together, and the exhibition. They have this year 2,000 exhibitors. The amount is crazy, right? Yeah. 90 countries represented. Obviously, yeah. we're proud for it. We didn't do it with anybody's help. A lot of countries that were traditionally ship-owning countries with much bigger history than us, for example, Norway, now, when you compare numbers, they are far, far, far smaller than the Greeks. It's quite amazing, as I say. So, like, what is the secret of that success? I told you, I don't, I don't know. It's in our DNA. I, I don't know. I guess one thing that I can tell you for sure that I see it when we meet ship owners from another country is that definitely Greeks are more flexible and adaptable and maybe willing to take bigger risks as well. And looking forward, do you see Greece maintaining this position as the essentially the top ship on the nation world? Yes, I think so. I mean, we have a lot of obstacles, a lot of competition, a lot of countries that are trying to grab the top spot. But because of the adaptability and our flexibility and our willingness to switch segments and so on, yes, I think uh, we're going to maintain the top position, yes. One thing I've noticed when I've met Greek owners down the years is they seem to have real in-depth knowledge of the actual ships and the technical side, every part of the business. Yes, the Greeks are famous for being hands-on and even if they have big fleets, they still try to really know what's happening on every single ship, which is not your typical big corporation mentality where you have the owner being completely distanced and just let the people below him do the day-to-day -day work. That's not your Greek problem. Does that mean with the recent crewing crisis that Greek ship owners have been much more hands-on with trying to be empathetic to what's happening? I think that the Greek owners, especially the family of so the smaller outfits, have been hands-on since the beginning. And I think that if you saw the structure of a family-owned company with five to ten ships, which is your typical Greek company, yeah. you would see that, for example, the father is the boss, the son might be the head of the commercial department, the daughter might be the head of accounting, the wife might help in some cases. That means family-owned. The whole family is in different departments trying to run the business and know what's happening in every single department. Of course, my kids are very young, so I don't have that benefit, maybe in the future. I'm essentially alone trying to run 
two private companies and two US listed companies. So I do have to rely on other people. But okay, this is not your typical Greek outfit. Very nice to be in Posidonia after two times it got cancelled and at the time when everybody is happy, makes money, they can see their friends after being on Zoom for two years behind the screen, locked up in their houses. So, yeah, we're all happy to be back here, we're all happy to see our friends from all around the world. And let's hope that these jovial times stay for a bit. Couldn't agree more with that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Maritime Podcast, make sure you subscribe on the app of your choice, and we look forward to joining you next week. Mm -hmm.